and welcome into this week's edition of The Scoop on Life. I'm Chase Robinson. This is Lauren Robinson. We appreciate you joining us this week. We're excited because we have Rollin Warren. He is the president of CareNet, a, a nonprofit that empowers women and men considering abortion to choose life for their unborn child and find abundant life in Christ. Rollin is also a graduate of Princeton. He received his MBA from the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, he's held positions at places like IBM and Pepsi. Uh, he's a sought-after speaker in the pro-life world for conferences and events. Uh, he is married to Dr. Yvette Lopez-Warren, and they have two sons, and we are very honored to have him on with us. Rollin Warren, welcome into The Scoop on Life. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And like I mentioned, you graduated from Princeton. You were in the business world for uh, 20 years or so. So what made you make the move to CareNet? And uh, tell us kind of that story and what your role with CareNet looks right now. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I was, I was in the business world for, for much of my life after graduating from Princeton. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, a couple things. I had grown up uh, in a home without my father and uh, so I had a real uh, heart for that issue. And when I was uh, working at, uh, I guess I was at uh, Goldman Sachs and also even before that, that role, uh, I'd gotten involved with an organization called National Fatherhood Initiative, which was focused on helping to connect um, fathers to their kids and helping kids have involved, responsible, committed fathers. And so I'd gotten involved in, in that, just a, a passion around that. And um, and when I was in college, uh, my wife, Yvette, and I faced an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, and so I became a father fairly early. I was uh, 20 years old when uh, our son uh Jamin was born. And so that was an issue uh, that I cared very deeply, carried deep, very deeply about. And so when I was with National Father Initiative, you know, I started figuring out ways, how can you change the world when you have 12 people and you're not Christ? And I thought partnerships. So I started thinking about organizations that were at the nexus of children and family that should care about the fatherhood issue, but may not necessarily have integrated into uh, their service delivery model or their vision or mission of what they do. And the pregnancy center world uh, came to mind uh, because we faced an unplanned pregnancy and uh, and I kind of knew the impact that uh, my decision had on uh, what happened. Uh, even though it was my wife's body and her choice legally, the reality was that the decision I made had an impact on that. So I knew that just intuitively. So went to my predecessor's predecessor and said, hey, what are you guys doing to engage fathers in terms of the work you do? And they said nothing. And I thought that was odd. <laughs> So we that started a partnership between National Fatherhood Initiative at the time and CareNet to help put fatherhood resources into uh, pregnancy centers and to really help build that perspective of the important role that fathers, uh, men and fathers play uh, in, in the life issue. And so um, 2012, uh, CareNet was looking for a new, a new uh, a president and CEO, and uh, God kind of opened that door for me to do that. So it kind of brought together uh, you know, my passion for the fatherhood issue, my passion for the life issue uh, into, um, you know, a ministry that uh, has a desire and a need to, to really focus on both. That's awesome. And I think it's really neat to hear that because it's not just like, oh, I'm passionate about these things, but you've lived it, you know, like we were in that position. And so, Rollin, one thing that I love about CareNet is 
the movement of not just a pro-life movement, but saying we want to be pro-abundant life. You know, we realize that there is great physical need, not only when it comes to unplanned pregnancy, but like you said, the need for fathers to step up and and fill the role they've been called to. And so, you know, we realize ultimately as Christ followers that each of these individuals' greatest need is their spiritual one. And when you're faced every single day with the physical challenge, sometimes it's hard to keep that balance. You know, it's hard to say, man, this physical need is so great. But we ultimately have to believe that they have a soul and their greatest need is a spiritual one. And so why do you think that's so important in the way we as Christ followers view being pro-life? Because we do want to address the physical need, but Christ also very explicitly addressed the spiritual one. Like, And and so I know that that's your vision in CareNet. And so just talk for a minute. Why is that important? You know, and how does that how does that change the way that we think about being pro-life? Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I mean, when I when I first got to CareNet, um, you know, God kind of downloaded this this perspective into me of, you know, that we can't just be pro-life. We have to be pro-abundant life. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that was really based on John 10, 10, where Christ said, I came that you might have life and have that life abundantly. And so that's really Jesus's why statement. Uh, in terms of why he came and when you sort of unpack that verse and and look at certain aspects of the verse you know uh, in the greek uh, when you look at what he's talking about in terms of of life he's basically talking about two types of life he's talking about bios which is where we get the word biology b-i-o which is we get the word biology which is a physical life that we talk about in terms of a heartbeat right somebody has a physical physical life they have a heartbeat but he's also talking about zoe which is a unique type of spiritual life that only comes from a relationship with Christ. And so what he basically is saying is that I came that you might link your bias to my Zoe. That's awesome. That you might have life in the fullest. And so you can be an atheist and be pro-life, but you can't be an atheist and be pro-abundant life because if you're pro-abundant life, you're solving solving for not just for heartbeats, but heartbeats that are heaven bound, heartbeats that are heaven bound. And the other thing is we even think about this, this term abundant, and you and, and you kind of look at that word and kind of unpack that. Um, what, what you find is that that it means a couple of things. It means um, something I call it, like the, the word sort of means like super abundant, right? So in terms of quantity, and uh, you know I think about it often if you you know you go into a restaurant or a fast food restaurant and you know they give you your cup and they say would you like me to supersize that and you say yes and they take that cup away and they give you a bigger cup. Well, that's not really what that word means. It's not getting a different cup. It's taking the cup that you have, sticking it up against the fountain and just letting it run till it overflows. It just continues to right. overflow. So it's super abundant in terms of quantity, quantity, but it's also superior in terms of quality, superior in terms of quality. So you have those two things that are linked together. Well, if you, if you think about like, where did that exist where someone had a super abundant life, right? So in, in other words, it was everlasting in a human condition and they had the best quality of life ever. Well, it was back in the garden. Adam and Eve before the sin had eternal life, everlasting, and they walk with God in the cool of the day. So what Christ is also saying there is I, I long to take you back to the garden, all the way back to the garden in terms of that. So when you unpack that verse, John 10, 10, it's pretty rich in my view is that's the way we should be thinking about the life issue. Yeah. Uh, because that's that's Jesus's why statement. And so we should be linking our why statement for everything that we do as Christians to Christ's why statement, which is John 10, 10. Um, and so that that really is the first pillar of this this whole notion of thinking about of the roof, rather, of thinking about this uh, being pro abundant life is really this focus on Bias and Zoe and, 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 and life that is superior in terms of quality 
and quantity in terms of uh, in terms of abundance and and for me that really animated uh, me a lot and really animates our staff quite a bit and our network quite a bit when we start to think about the life issue in that context well and that's so interesting to hear you say you know you can be an atheist and be pro-life you know and that's kind of what we want to talk about on our on our podcast as we go because you know anybody really could open a crisis pregnancy center or pregnancy help center and help women facing unplanned pregnancy you know, that's just the reality of it. But for us as Christ followers, say we care about the whole person. Like you just talked about, you know, we want to address this great physical need you have. But then also, like you said, to understand Jesus called to these people is your greatest need is a reconciled relationship with God. And so how can we address the whole person? Um, you know, and I think that if we were to just try to care for a person's spiritual need, they're going to go somewhere else where they can find help for their physical needs. So as we seek to help that physical need, we're saying, let us also address the need that's greater than that even when they don't realize that need and so i i just love that you know i love that vision of as cross followers it's not just about being pro-life it's about being pro-abundant life um and really yeah, thankful for yeah. the work that carenut does to help with that um yeah no, i think it's critical yes. yeah so roland what would you say you know to people listening to this podcast our listeners um who would say you know i'm a christian and i and i'm pro-life um but this is really maybe the first time they've heard that i know i didn't hear the term pro-abundant life until i started working for save a life which is our local um, pregnancy resource center so what would you say to a listener um who's listening cross follower pro-life how can they be involved how can they be educated maybe what are some good books um resources articles podcasts that they could check out to just be more informed be educated but then also serve in the community or with the local center what would that look like you think yeah you know i think that you know you know i think when you when you're thinking about the concept of being pro-abundant life you know you're, you're you're looking at you're looking at a perspective that you're focused on a couple of things that kind of inform you i mean one of them is you know god's design for family um, and so that's why a big part of our work is really helping engage fathers and men and really uh, in, in engaging them in that process because we know that uh, the father and, 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 and the guy who uh, got the woman pregnant is the most influential in her decision to abort. Right. So there's a tremendous need for someone to come alongside these couples um, or, the, or the woman in the case uh, to help them around this to cast that vision of God's design for family to break that cycle. 86% of the women that have abortions are unmarried. Mm -hmm. uh, so this really is an issue that is very much connected into the marriage issue. And what you're really thinking about here is it's, it's, it's not just the sanctity of life uh, issue, but it's also the sanctity of, 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 of family. Uh, consistent with of marriage and family, rather consistent with God's design, which is really the the, the first pillar of kind of holding up that pro-abundant life roof. And so we need people who are going to be connecting to folks who are facing pregnancy decisions to help them see God's design for family. Even if she chooses to um, carry the child to term and is not connected with the guy, well, we don't want to see her as a repeat client. Right. You know, Christ said, come as you are, but don't stay as you came. Right. Come as you are, but don't stay as you came. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so what really needs to happen with clients is that they need to see God's design for family. So even if she doesn't marry that guy, she needs to relink fatherhood, motherhood, sex and marriage and God's design for those things. So that the next time she has an opportunity to have sex, that she views it through that lens. I mean, if you're a married person and you're not having sex with someone who's not your spouse, well, why is that? It's not that there's not opportunities, but it's that you view uh, that you view that connection fathers fatherhood motherhood sex and marriage consistent with god's design it doesn't get through the filter so that's the filter we want her to have and, her, and certainly the value set that we want her to communicate to her kids so we don't see her daughter in 18 years or someone that her son got pregnant in 18 years right 
you really need people who engage that way to be advocates for marriage and family. The second piece of this is really God's, God's call to discipleship. God's call to discipleship. And, and that's really focused on this, this notion that we're called to make disciples and that you've got to be viewing the life issue primarily as a discipleship issue, not as a material support issue or, or political issue, although it has those components, but it's primarily a discipleship issue. Why? Because it's a good work and all good works that Christians do designed to lead to discipleship. We don't do good works for good works right. like social justice or community service or whatever which aren't bad things, don't get me wrong, but that's not Christianity. Christianity is called to discipleship. So come as you are, but don't stay as you came. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That basically means become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so a practical way that folks can get involved in that, uh, along with uh, helping and supporting pregnancy centers and coming alongside clients who need people to support them long-term, not just from conception to birth, but even further than that, is actually by going into their church and establishing a ministry component there. We developed a resource called Making Life Disciples, which is designed to equip churches to, to have small groups that offer compassion, hope, hope, and discipleship to anyone who's at risk to abortion. Hmm. The pregnancy decision is between conception and birth. But the reason why women have abortions is based on the support they have after birth. So if a woman can't figure out how she's gonna solve that after birth, she's much more likely to have an abortion, which is why marriage is so important. Why? Married women know that they have support after birth, therefore they're less likely to abort. So that means that folks in the church have an enormous opportunity to come alongside a client after birth and to walk alongside them to help them. Life decisions need life support and practically saying, how can we help this client who comes from a pregnancy center, or maybe who's even in our church with the practical support that they need so that their life decision gets the life support that they need in order to, to not just have life, but abundant life consistent with God's design. That's so awesome. And I think that that's something that, you know, a lot of churches, maybe they just don't even think about that. You know, how can we come alongside, like you said, whether it's somebody that's in the church or somebody who's a client at a local center and going to that center and saying, we want to help build relationships with these girls. We want them to know that we will support them and we'll, we'll be their, their support system, whether it's um, in material needs or emotional, spiritual needs once they've, once they've made this pregnancy decision. And I just think that's so, that's so great for you to, for you to say that, because I think that a lot of times we just don't know that we don't know what to do as Christians. We don't know what to do to be involved. And so to say, Hey, let's see how we can make disciples out of these girls that are coming to this, this pregnancy center because they're seeking help, you know? And so then, it's just a, it's just a stepping stone from the pregnancy center into the church um, if we can build that relationship well. Yeah, um, I mean, I think you 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 got you got to understand. That, see, pregnancy centers can do evangelism, which leads to conversion. But we're not called to make converts. We're called to make disciples. Right. The church is the seat of discipleship. So the church can do evangelism and discipleship, but the pregnancy center cannot. It can only do evangelism. And that's all it can do. Because discipleship, if you if you look at if you look at um, the verse it talks about, you know, to make disciples of all, of all folks and, and what? To teach them to obey all that I have taught you. Well, you can't teach someone to obey all that Christ taught you from conception to birth in the midst of a difficult pregnancy. That's where the church comes in. And that's why this key transformation in the minds of pro-life people, Christians in particular, is to think about the life issue as a discipleship issue which means that you've got to be reaching to the pregnancy centers and move, moving the clients from the pregnancy center to the church 
and not letting them go back into the culture and form a discipleship relationship with the culture mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Discipleship is, 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 is basically a principle of replication. So if you're a parent, your children are your disciples. And, and that's what it does. It replicates, what, right? Well, if she goes back to the culture, well, what happens too often? We see her later with a new pregnancy and a new guy, right. repeat clients. So that's, that's not the model that we want, right? That we, this isn't retail, right? This isn't Chick-fil-A or Burger right. King. We don't say, thank you, come again. Right. No, Chick-fil-A says, come as you are and stay as you were. In other words, come in loving chicken, eat chicken, leave loving chicken, eat more chicken. That's not what we're doing. We're not in the retail business. We're in a, we're in, not in a consumer-based business. We're in a covenant building relationship focused ministry. Jesus didn't do retail. He didn't do that, right? So neither should we. So that means that there has to be a very strong connection between pregnancy centers and churches, not just with baby bottles with change in diapers, but also making sure that clients have an opportunity to move into the church and that there are small groups in the church that, equip, that are equipped to do that. So if you want to learn more about Making Life Disciples, you can go to the website. It's makinglifedisciples.com. Makinglifedisciples.com tells you everything that you can do to, to uh, uh, start a Making Life Disciples small group in your church that can come alongside people facing pregnancy decisions. There's also an online version of it. You can find it in Right Now, uh, right now Media, I think, as well, uh, which is kind of a, a Netflix for churches, I guess it is. And, uh, and there's lots of ways to do that. But that's the transformation that, that has to happen where folks say, oh, this is primarily a discipleship issue. And like with Mary, could it be that, that God will use this unplanned pregnancy she's facing so that she might become a disciple of Jesus Christ, that the child might become a disciple of Jesus Christ, that the guy who got her pregnant might become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And when you start to view it as a discipleship issue, that gives you what you can do. Anyway, so that's a, that's a key aspect, a key transformation that needs to happen that we've been very, very focused at. Yeah, and um, I love that. And so I would just encourage our listeners, you know, as you hear this, it, it may be the first time you're hearing this, and you're, it, it may be the first time you're hearing how important the church is. As Roland just said, you know, the church's role is evangelism and discipleship, whereas at a pregnancy center, you know, we are giving the gospel to these clients, but there's only so much that we can do as far as following up discipleship. Um, and so I would encourage you talk to your pastor, talk to someone in your church, you know, is affiliated with a pregnancy center, call your local pregnancy center, talk to them about this issue and see how you can get involved to help make the connection between the pregnancy center where they're likely hearing the gospel, hearing the good news of Christ, but then saying these women need and men need to be discipled. And that's what the church is for. And so really would encourage you to be involved. If you're listening, saying, I want to, I want to help. I want to be involved. I want to care about pro abundant life, but I'm not really sure. Well, now, you know, and, and we're thankful for Rollins insight on that. Absolutely. Good stuff. Great. Uh, I learned a lot here. Uh, just hearing about this, uh, this term abundant life that so many, I believe don't, uh, don't know. Rollin Warren, president of CareNet. Um, with us here thank you so much for taking time here and joining us on the scoop on life well thank you for having me blessings to you for all you do great conversation there with rollin warren the president of CareNet. we were very honored to have him join us here and uh, want to remind you the ways you can listen to the scoop on life the apple podcast app or also on spotify both of those places just type in the search bar the scoop on life you can subscribe and listen to us each week. We're also on social media, Instagram at the Scoop on Life podcast, as well on Facebook, the Scoop on Life podcast. So you can keep up uh, with what we're doing and the things we're posting there on social media. 
And uh, you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app and Spotify. We are so excited to have this thing started. So join us next week for more The Scoop on Life.